You are listening to the Power and Pros podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for Black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Pros is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? You're tuned in to another episode of the Power and Pros podcast. We have another guest on the show. And this is a person I've been wanting to have on the show for a minute. Like, y'all don't understand. And I think it is so dope when I can have people on the show who I respect, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, in real, real life. Like, somebody I actually talk to, like, every day. Because it just gives a little, it gives y'all something a little different. Um, And then, of course, as always, I try to have people on the show who have a different profession than me, a different view on life. So that way, y'all understand that power and pros isn't just, like, a desk thing. All of us have a power and we all can use it in a different way. And I really think you'll be able to get that um, through this person's life, their journey, their story. And so I want to get into it by introducing my good sis, Miss Ola Akintola, on the show. So I'm going to read her bio and then we'll welcome her in. Dallas-based but born and raised in Nigeria, Ola Akintola is a powerhouse and a sweet soul determined to utilize her journey and talents to make a difference. As a child, Ms. Akintola struggles to adjust to the United States culture. However, she was determined to find her voice. Through community service and working with youth, Ola was able to do just that. Taking this newfound passion, she rediscovered herself and went on to study psychology at the University of Missouri-Columbia. She from Mizzou, just like me. Graduating in 2015 with a Bachelor's of Arts. Further her education, Ms. Akintola received her Master's of Business Administration from Prairie View A&M University in May of 2020. Present day, Ola Akintola utilizes her skill set, Nigerian heritage, and grit as the owner and executive chef of O's Kitchen Catering, a culinary services company established in 2018. In 2020, she wrote and released her first published cookbook titled Upscale Comfort, centered around elevated recipes for the soul. When she's not developing recipes or catering weddings and private events, you can find Ms. Akatola leaving a legacy through her volunteer service with her social impact campaign, Jacob's Harvest. Additionally, she continues to be involved in several nonprofit organizations in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, giving back to underserved communities. In Ola's recent venture, she helps individuals and families bring peace and comfort back into their lives by offering professional organizing services. She does it all. Ms. Akintola's life goal is to provide servitude to all through the passions and skills that she has. Welcome, Ola, to the show, y'all. Thank you. It sounds so professional. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, y'all, Ola is my line sister. We did Delta together. We met in 2015, and we literally been homies ever since. Even though she's all the way in Dallas, I'm all the way in New York. We literally always talk, and it's been so dope to just see her build. Like, everything that I read, it just brings me so much joy because this that's real. Like, you literally, my sister, I really met you in college, and you were not a chef then, obviously. You didn't study that, like, right? school. And then here you are. Weddings did it. Yeah, Cookbook, roading. Yeah. Like, you were Girl, here. hype me up. Hype me up. That's crazy to think about, though. That's crazy to think about. I think it's just super important for people to be able to hear that journey. I think that a lot of things that we start off doing, we think we have to end doing. Um, and mm-hmm. even with you getting your degree in psychology, 
that you're, you can use your background, you know what I'm saying, every day as you're talking to clients and organizing things. But at the end of the day, you're a chef. And I think that we get stuck right. in boxes of like, oh, I started this thing, I have to end there. And if mm-hmm. I don't, how am I going to look? How do I feel about myself? And so I really just kind of want to dive through in this episode on like how you maybe had to overcome some of those struggles and be like, no, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to run this business. I'm going to run it the best way I know how and go for it because you're self-taught. Right. For sure. Everything, everything, literally everything is self-taught. That's true. That's true. That's true. Praise God. Three years. You're, you've been in business for three years. Yeah. So we started in 2018. Well, we started, you know, there's behind the scenes, mm. behind the scenes. If we want to take it back, I started cooking when I was little in Nigeria, cooked a lot when I was um, in St. Louis, living with my auntie and my family and my mom, cousins. I helped a lot of I cooked, but I helped them in the kitchen. And then Mizzou at school, I cooked there. And then in Dallas, I cooked there. So I've done a little, you know, we've been planting the seeds. And I think in 2018, when I started the business, that was like the first time I saw like the flower bloom. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is a real thing. Um, you're not just doing it for like fun now. It's like a real, it's going to pay your bills. It's going to help people. It's going to serve people. Um, so you can say I started in 2018, but really we started before. That. Come on, talk about it. Okay. As you look back, from when you started to now, what gives you goosebumps the most? Or when you look back at your journey, you like, wait. Whenever I'm in public and they're like, give a speech, I always say I grew up on a farm because I think that gives me the goosebumps the most because I remember being so young and being so fascinated with like animals and livestock and like agriculture. And I, you know, when you're young, you don't know why you're so fascinated mm-hmm. with things. You just know like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, this is what just my family does. And to see me now, like the other day, Please, if y'all are vegetarians, vegans, please don't come for me. It's just my job. <laughs> um, but the other day when I went to a farm and like I was able to see the livestock as an adult, that gave me a goosebump because it's just like things really do come full circle. And you never really know the seeds that God has put in your life. You never you might not see them bloom, you know, next year, today, tomorrow, but mm. you know like for sure everything is gonna serve a purpose. And I think it just gives me goosebumps to, to think about like the little minute things and how they're really not minute in like the bigger scheme mm-hmm. of things. Like it all is just like building blocks to where I am now. I love that. I think it's hard <laughs> to be like, okay, this is going to matter at some point. It's going to matter at some point. People going to mess with it. I'm going to mess with it. God's doing it on purpose. Especially when I think about entrepreneurship, like even me kicking off the writing workshops, I'm like, wait. Uh, we're about to transition to a business. Like, do you want to do that? Like, I think we get scared when we right. to transition because I mean, we see, I see tweets all the time. People talking about entrepreneurship's not easy, X, Y, Z. So like, mm-hmm. how do you stay motivated with that? Like you, first of all, I have to be motivated to even go to school twice. Cause after I got my first degree, I was right. <laughs> girl. <laughs> so you got another degree. Yeah, you yeah. Really moved from home and now you're a business owner three years and you had a cookbook. So like, how do you stay motivated for yourself? And you got to show up for your clients. Like if you're doing a wedding, that's not a small thing. It's incredibly difficult. I'm not even going to say like, I'm, you know, I'm super passionate about it. So I'm always happy. There's some days, like the other day I I had a moment where I'm just like, why am I doing this? So I think there's some days where I'm just not motivated. And what what the beauty about this is I'm allowed to have those days. Mm. And I used to not let myself have those days. I used to be like, no, you have to be on 24-7. Like your food has to be this every time. Like you have to show up because it's not just a hobby. We're not just doing little meal preps anymore. Like we're cooking for 300 person weddings. Like we're cooking for people's life 
uh, moments and food is a big part of it. So that kind of allowing myself to have those days, one helps me stay motivated and two, just knowing that like, this is not something I'm doing by choice. Mm. So I went to school twice. Each time I went to school, it was had nothing to do with food. So the MBA, I did it because I'm Nigerian. And if you're not familiar with Nigerian, for listeners aren't, there's a, what's the word I can put? There's like um, a pressure to have degrees. A lot of us are doctors. A lot of us are lawyers. A lot of us are in medicine. Um, and then there's Ola, who's just trying to like still uphold those cultural standards, but also still trying to figure it out on her own. Mm. So I decided to go to school twice because I'm like, okay. I'm going to get the master's everybody wants me to have. So let me do, you know, let me get it in business. I actually wanted to get it in public health because I love helping people. And then I had a mentor who's actually about to be a client. Crazy. Um, I had a mentor who was like, you should go for business. He was like, there's more longevity in it. Um, so as soon as he said, I said, okay, cool. I went for business and that's how that happened. But to stay motivated, I would say just to know that this isn't something I don't take it lightly, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is really a gift and a calling. Even when I'm not feeling the best, like, my food still ends up being great. Even when I'm late to a booking, the food is still well received. Even when I'm, like, super tired, like, I'm still able to deliver good food. And I know that's not something everyone can do. So I have to remind myself, like, this is a gift and you have to take care of this gift. So I think that is the one thing that motivates me to know that, like, you were called for this. Mm-hmm. Um, You were chosen for this. You kind of didn't. Leave it up to me. What did I want to do? I want to be a social worker. I would have chose something different. Okay. I remember I that. The social worker. <laughs> and I even applied to social work school. I got into social work school. And then I said, you know what? Forget this. I'm going to Dallas. So I think reminding myself that like this is a gift and this is something I'm called to do that motivates me because then it's not just about myself. It's about like other people that I'm serving. Um, it's about like using my food in my hands and my creativeness mm-hmm. to better somebody else's life. And you know, that that is motivating and also allowing myself not to be motivated. So sometimes I have friends who hit me up for recipes and you know, I'm like, oh, this is great. And sometimes I'm just like, hey, look on TikTok. <laughs> I'm not motivated today. You know what I mean? And I, I hate to, <laughs> it's not, and I hate to do that. But at the same time, like, I can't fake it. Like, if I'm just not in the mood, I'm just like, give me a moment. I'll circle back with you and say, how did the recipe turn out? Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk through it. But I think giving myself that grace um, when I don't feel motivated is important as well. I love everything you said. I forgot that you were about to do social work. Girl, I was. I was. (laughs) And I think it still still pops up, right? Like you have Jacob's Harvest and Mm -hmm. you are a Delta. You're active and doing stuff in the community. So I think it definitely still shows up just in a different way. Um, In a different way. Exactly. Yeah. And I had an episode crowned by God and that I feel like you just spoke to a bit of that episode. If you haven't listened, I suggest you check it out. It definitely just talking about that pool that you kind of mentioned of like, this is not me. And I know it's like, it's like you mm-hmm. are the one who affirm what I do. And I think that helps me right. during those days. I'm not motivated. It's like, why doesn't writing just go away? Why don't I just stop doing it? It's like, you can't because that's right. the crown that you've received from God like that's just what you've been given so I definitely you just care. have to wear it really yeah you have to wear it and I think the days you spoke to the days when you don't want to wear it you don't feel like you're worthy to wear it that's the whole point of grace um and having grace with right. yourself which we so freely give to other people it's just a mm-hmm. reminder that like I am owed that same grace that we give to other people and that helps me yeah. to Ooh, that's the word. listen 
I gotta write that down. Because <laughs> we forget. We forget. I think I for sure forget to give it to myself. Like I'm my worst critic. So that's I'm gonna re- I'm gonna remember that. Looking back, as when we were at school, you were a part of African Students Association or ASA. You were a lady of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And so when you were younger, were there like different pieces of your identity or your voice, especially at Mizzou and being a Nigerian woman that you were like struggling with that you don't see you struggling with now that you're older, you've been in business for a while? No, that's a really good question. I think being a part of those organizations, I was definitely trying to figure it out, especially being mm. a part of ASA because I was raised in, I was born in Nigeria and then I moved when I was eight. And those are like the formative years mm. when you're young. That's like where your core memory is. And I, because I had a little bit left, but didn't have too much, I was always like in the in between. I was always asking, am I Nigerian enough? Because um, if you hear me speak now, trust me, this the accent does come out. But if you hear me speak now, like I'm very fluent in English and I wasn't always like this I always had like a thick Yoruba accent uh, when I first moved here so I think being a part of those organizations was helpful because it reminded me that there are other people one that are in the same boat there are other immigrant children um, in this country studying the same thing you're studying or at least being a part of the same organization that was a good reminder but I struggled for a while up until adulthood too even in college um, I never really went to the parties everybody went to so I would go to the meetings I'll do all this stuff, but when it comes to being social, I still was like, mm, I don't fit in. Mm. And I was, and I just, I took that burden with me as I graduated and came to Dallas. Um, I still like, mm, maybe you're not like other people. Like they're speaking Yoruba, they had they're speaking pigeon. So then it started showing up in my food. Mm. So then I didn't have any Nigerian items in my food. I mean menu, and I was like, maybe you're still not Nigerian enough. Like although you were part of ASA, although you helped cook. Although um, your parents still speak Yoruba fluently, maybe it's not, it's not, it didn't come to you yet. So as an adult, and then when I started the business, I struggled with that until my mom was like, oh, well, you have got to put on your menu. Um, and then the client also affirmed me because they wanted a specific Nigerian item. So I said, okay, let's try it. And it was a hit. So then once it became a hit, I was like, okay, let's put everything on the menu. So I just went full force, put on the menu um, and people love it. And then that's like our thing now. So every time someone says, what do you specialize in? Nigerian food. Like I speak it boldly, which I don't think I did when I was younger because I was bullied for it. Um, I was unsure about it. So now as an adult, like I'm 100% sure about where I come from. Like you can try and say I don't sound Nigerian. That's fine. I still am. You know, I can like, you know, I can go back and forth with somebody. Um, So I think that's something that's different now. And it shows up in my food. So when you taste my food, People are very skeptic, of, of course, because I don't sound like it mm-hmm. or whatever. But when you taste it, you can taste that like someone has poured love into this woman, like someone Nigerian has shown her how to make this or someone Nigerian has culture. You can tell she's from it because you can taste the authenticity in the, in the food because I'm standing boldly where I'm from. Um, and it shows everywhere. Like you can tell in like the interviews, um, just like me walking, talking to people when they ask, like, what do you do? What who do you recommend? Um, some clients have even doubted it. Like clients will be like, "Oh, I don't. I want this food to taste like this. Are you sure you're able to do this?" And I'm right. Nigerian clients love y'all, but it, it's happened frequently, and I have to remind them: you have to trust me. You have to trust mm-hmm. us. And I think if I wasn't confident in my Nigerianness, I wouldn't be able to say that. 
Yeah. I'm even, honestly, I'm even thinking about you had all black, like your chef coat and everything. And then at some point now you have a chef coat that has different prints and XYZ. I think that really speaks to your progression. Maybe your first, I'm trying to think about even your first headshots of you as a chef versus some of the headshots and pictures that you have now. You can tell that you feel confident. You don't play with me. Right, right. So my personality is like showcasing now because I think before I used to hide behind O's Kitchen. So you knew mm. that O's Kitchen was by Ola, but you didn't know who Chef Ola was. So now I think like three years into it, like I'm so confident in my skill set as one, just a black Nigerian woman and two, my food that like my personality is always going to show and I'm not scared to hide it um, for anybody. So. Do you think, so you have a few people on staff that help you, especially when you have like a larger mm-hmm. event. And so as you've been able to stand in your voice a bit more, you have more confidence in what you're presenting to clients. How do you think that shifted the way that you manage your staff? Oh, that's a good question. So HR, human resources is not my specialty at all. It is the least favorite part of running this business. Really? Um. It is. I just don't. It's just something about managing people that just brings out the. It just requires a lot more patience. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. It just requires a lot more patience. So, what I've learned to do is to extend grace. So, my sous chef, we're slowly, I'm slowly starting to teach her how to make the Nigerian food. So, just like my mom was patient with me, my auntie was patient mm-hmm. with me, I'm extending the same patience to her. So, it doesn't make me. Um, I mean, I'm always going to be a perfectionist. It doesn't make me more of a perfectionist. It just makes me want to make sure I take the time. And she actually made, my sous chef, Rihanna, uh, she made this Nigerian fried rice for a restaurant, for not restaurant, for catering from start to finish. I just gave her the recipe. I was there to guide her and they killed it. Like they loved it. Um, So I kind of just try and make sure I extend the same grace. And I'm, you know, I work with my staff and um, it just challenges me to be a good teacher essentially and I don't let I don't let them see my nerves. I might be nervous inside, but I don't let them see my nerves at all. That's good. I think that's a little side note on how to be a leader is to be able to like see a challenge and go, okay, I'm gonna have to have some patience to attack this challenge, but we can get through it. And I think that inspires other people to be confident in what they're doing because it's like, okay, you feel right. like I can do this. You're going to be here to guide me, but you're letting me right. do it and not stepping in. Because I hate. Right. Y'all know I hate when you're at work or something and somebody take over. It's like, now nah, I thought I was doing it. Now you're doing it. So right. I love that you are letting them be able to experience it. And then they're learning something new, too. That can make them have a different sense of pride. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm very comp. So I know how it should taste. So they... I kind of just let them do their own thing and we taste it as, you know, they're cooking and I'm like, okay, add some more, add some more of this. And then I'm very, I try to be very confident in the kitchen because the minute I'm unsure, then that can rub onto them. Mm-hmm. So if I taste it and I'm like, it tastes good, they might be like, you know, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm positive. Um, so just making sure that confident also carries as you're teaching other people is, is helpful. One thing about confidence, I think you can be confident in one thing and one like area right so i'm confident with the show mm-hmm. now i can do the show my eyes closed sometimes i wrote out what i want to say sometimes i don't the show gonna get recorded because i'm good you know period when it comes to the higher workshops 
I'll be having to pray a little bit harder. Like, I'll be like, I don't know. So I definitely think sometimes it can transfer. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. And one thing about you, if it's a grant, you're going to have it. You will apply for some money. Literally. <laughs> Y'all, Ola, every time I talk to her, she's like, oh, yeah, we want a scholarship. Oh, yeah, I'm able to pay for the kitchen freezer for this month from some grant. It's like, girl, give me some money. <laughs> so I think as you're talking about confidence with your staff, confidence with being able to say, hey, I make Nigerian food, going mm-hmm. to applying for grants and telling other people there aren't clients, they're not going to taste your food, mm-hmm. maybe. Hey, this is O's Kitchen. This is what we provide. And this is why we should get not only your time, but money. How, mm-hmm. what's the process for you to get there? Maybe mm-hmm. even like your first grant, like your first big one that you apply for. Maybe walk us through right. that process. Because I think a lot of us have, I believe all the cool kids have some type of confidence. That's the whole point. All of us have the power, but sometimes mm-hmm. activating it takes work. And then after you activate it on your by yourself, telling other people, that's a whole nother thing. It's, it's tough. I think when I first started, I wasn't applying for that many grants because I was just like unsure. So there has been a time period where I was not always as confident about the business. Mm-hmm. I was kind of confident that it was going to be successful. I was confident I was called, but it, I wasn't able to articulate it and activate it, as you said. So, but I think when you, one, when you go full time, you have no choice. Mm-hmm. That's number one, because you have to pay bills. And then number two, if you don't believe in yourself and your work, who's, who, who is? And you have, first you have to believe it. And then you have to be able to tell the same story. A lot of the successfulness I can attribute to my story because that's authentic. And I don't really feel like I have to sell it. I just have to tell it. Mm-hmm. I just have to say, that's this is what word. I've done. This is, this is who I'm, you know, where I'm from. This is what I do. This is why I do it. And you, you know, you sent me some grants during COVID time. And oh, did. The first and time. did. So after that, we have won one prior to and that one was a Greek organization one. So I try and find some that are of, they call it affinity. So either black, either immigrant, Greek, something like a niche specific grant, because mm-hmm. I can relate to those. And I feel like the people who are reading it can also relate to my background. And then you sent me some, and then we won like two out of the five you sent. So I said, oh, okay, okay, okay. We might be onto something. So I just kept going. Um, There are a lot of people that apply for grants, but there's not a lot of one you have to there's not a lot of people doing what I do mm-hmm. so I'm like I'm gonna put that in a grant so there it might be a whole bunch of people applying but at the end of the day there's only one Ola Akintola there's only one chef Ola there's only one else kitchen um so we're gonna just go for it so I think that has helped me apply for these grants because I'm able to tell my story and I'm able to stand in that story and we don't always get them all um we we probably get we probably get declined more than we get accepted, but when we do get accepted, it's a it's a, a nice big happy acceptance one. Um, so I'm thankful for that, and I think just like I said, just standing in the power of your story and just going for it. The worst they can say is no, mm-hmm. and you're not going to be any worse off than you were before you applied. That's real. That's when you said I don't have to sell my story, it's got to tell it, y'all. That hit me because I think a lot of times the lack of confidence or even how you tell your story just you know it but it comes off like you don't because you're so worried about how mm-hmm. it's going to be received but if you just like I know the story I live the story I just have to tell it to somebody and how you react is how you react right. I feel like that changes the whole right. game 
I'm shook by that. That's mm-hmm. incredible. <laughs> and granted, per grant, I package it differently. So mm-hmm. it's the same story, but I package it. So if the grant is specific for businesses of color, I talk about the work we do um, in the community. If the grant is specific about employees and employee retention, I talk about how our staff is mainly 90 it's 100% minority, 95% woman. So I package a story a little bit differently, but it's still the same, same, what's it called? Same meat mm-hmm. of the sandwich. Sandwich might look a little different, but it's still the same packaging. Um, and I think that that helps as well as knowing like the audience and knowing like who you're applying, who the grant grantor is. Yeah. Spanning outside of O's Kitchen Catering, like as far as the actual bookings, then came mm-hmm. the book upscale comfort which has different brunch recipes lunch dinner and cocktails and i was very thankful for the cocktail session because i do not be knowing how to make a drink (laughs) (laughs) we need that i'm still learning and i thought that to me it came at a really dope time so the book was released in 2020 Mm -hmm. and of course all of us Mm -hmm. were at home in 2020 and one thing that ola started doing was she started having like cook with me's i'm gonna call it via ig live and that was so dope. I remember when I was on a chicken and waffles live and people were just, it was like so many questions. And I think a lot of times you just think something like you probably was like, it's just chicken and waffles y'all. But Mugs was asking, mm-hmm. asking what type of waffle iron you was using, what kind of butter, everything. Like it was just like the whole thing. We wanted to know all of it. And then the book came to me. This is just me. Even when I think about poetry, a book is so I don't know if it's so final it's something about it right where it's just like this is different this is different so how did Mm -hmm. you decide I'm gonna go from cooking at your event at your birthday on IG so you can make my recipes without me that you know I still don't know how I did it (laughs) I still don't know how I did because I looked at that I have the books in my counters in my counter and then when other people post the book, I'm like, no, like I'm literally in people's kitchen. Yeah. That's insanity to me. It, but so how the book came about, I talked to God like every day, um, a lot. If it wasn't for God, I would not be still doing this. So let's first say that. And then secondly, I have these meetings usually in January where I just like sit still and I'm like, okay, God, give me a vision mm-hmm. for my life. Give me a vision for the business. And one of the visions was you're going to write a book. And I'm like, mm, you know how God tells us to do stuff. I'm like, okay, okay, God, I hear you, but mm, that's, a, that's a bit much. Um, but he really just started downloading stuff unto me, like the idea for the book, the um, the recipes for the book, like the, the styling, everything was just slowly downloaded unto me. And I didn't really have to work too hard because I feel like it was just called for me to do it, mm-hmm. essentially. So like everything just fell into my lap, like, Granted, I had to put a little bit of work into it, but like everything just kind of worked the way it was supposed to work. And it was a daunting process because it's like, how do you publish your own book? Mm -hmm. How do you self-publish? How do we get it together? But I just kind of attacked it like piece by piece by piece. So the original cover of the book was supposed to be some lamb chops. This is where like that confidence is coming back into play. So it's supposed to be some lamb chops, but then we took the pictures and we were like, no, it needs to be you. And I was like, I remember, I think I talked to you about it. And I was like, are you sure it should be me? And I was, and then everyone was like, no, like it should be you. And their pictures so like, are okay, bomb, yeah. period. Bombs. 
something. It's me. So literally, I'm in people's kitchen. And, you know, sometimes we think, like, am I good enough to be on the cover? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a big name. But then it's like you just have to affirm it and speak it into you to know I am some like I deserve to be in somebody's kitchen. I've worked hard for this book. I've worked hard in my profession. Um, and people are just going to have to be okay with it. If they're not okay with it, they don't have to buy it. Um, but it was received so well. And it just, it still brings me joy. I don't promote it as much, but people still find it. And they still post, you know, on Instagram. And I think I just have to realize that I'm going to be, um, if I don't get out of my, what is it? Sometimes you get in your own way. Mm-hmm. And I felt like if I, I had to like remove myself from getting in my own way and I just had to let it happen. Because the more I would like overthink, the more I would second guess it, the slower the process would go. So I just try not to overthink everything. And then I delegated a lot. Like I was like, I need you to, can you please design it for me? Can you please edit it for me? Can you please, you know, and and I kind of just helped use my community and my village to kind of um, bring it together. And that took a lot of stress for me. So that's kind of how the book came to be. And it's still scary to think about. Cause now I'm working on number two. We go, we go, we gonna tell, we gonna tell PMP um audience working on number two, and it feels a lot different. It feels like okay, like you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, and this you're 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 supposed to be here. You know, like God wouldn't have given you all of this if you were not supposed to be here. So I think I'm just standing firm in that, and I'm just letting it happen um organically, just like I did the last one, and I'm excited. It feels good. I feel like a new sense of grownness matureness you know i love it i think what's so important that we don't really think about is if we don't jump off the ledge the first time you don't get the reward of the second time right you don't get the confidence for the second time you don't get the affirmation the validation none of it Mm -hmm. for the second time because you was stutter stepping you never jumped off the ledge the first time i think it can be so intimidating but when you do it It's going to come through. Like, God going to come through every single time. But if we don't do our part, then it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're not going to do it. And it's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to be perfect. So I'm one of those people that I don't like to hear my own voice mm-hmm. or um, I don't like to read my own work. But I had to get over that real quick. I had to read that book, scan it. When I record stuff on YouTube um, or voiceovers for TikTok, like, I have to get over that uncomfortable feeling and just push myself to do and realize that it's not going to be perfect like the more we spend time trying to make sure things are the eyes and all you know everything's like prim proper like the longer mm-hmm. that you're holding like you know the, the longer you're holding the thing up and then the, the you're missing the lives that could be touched if you put it out the first time Don't um, treat me, so girl. yeah because i so i <laughs> well no because you remember when y'all i talked to ola because she's my business girl we talk about pmp all the time. <laughs> and I remember just like you were talking about you being on the cover, you not being on the cover. You the one who was telling me like TikToks, I need you to make them. Like you need to be right, on right. Instagram. What you doing? Like I was just like, oh, well, PMP is this own thing. You're like, no, you're PMP. Mm-hmm. You need to do it. And I think some days I'd be like, hey, cool kids. And other days I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah. So we all go through it. I don't think there is a moment. There are some days I don't feel it because my hair not done. Like, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. But I remember the first time mm-hmm. I posted on my story, I had a bonnet on. I was like, I have something I need to say. Like, I need to say this. Or right. it's a failed mission that I got. It's like, I got this right. word. 
and your hair not being done, don't negate the word. Like you got it. And so exactly. I will never forget. I had that video like saved on my phone and it's me and this green. I got like a highlighter, super bright hoodie and a bonnet. On. I still remember that. I remember it. I remember it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess yeah. It's important. It's important to just like yeah. push through. Cause I, I really it really can be crippling. Like I just want to acknowledge mm-hmm. like it can be so crippling to be like, don't and you if you don't, like you were talking about planting seeds earlier. If you plant a seed and you don't even see the growth, then it's like, why am I doing this? Cause it's not a tree yet. Right. But if you don't do it, it won't be a tree. Like you literally have it to. won't be anything. Right. Right. And it's it's a process, you know, and I think what I've learned is because I've did that because I did that one, I said yes to that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm able to say yes to this. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to like be in the camera more, I'm able to talk about things and it's it's just that you know, you just gotta start with the small yeses and then eventually just let it build, um, and then just get out of your head. And then I think too, like our society and like social media and stuff, everyone feels pressured to put out their best. Mm-hmm. Like everyone feels pressured to put out the, 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 the completion, like the end product. And I'm always like, I believe in that. But at the same time, I'm going to let you know, I'm not there yet. Well, you know, I posted I had a bad day or I'll post that you will. You know, taking a, a lot of money, you know, or I'll post that I'm tired. Like I always try and show um, the progress to get to the end goal because people don't talk about that anymore. You keep it very real. I'm going to make sure that Ola's Instagram is linked in the show notes. And her stories are very much that. Like, if she had a big order and she's supposed to buy X thing, like tomatoes, and the stores out of tomatoes, she's like, y'all, I just need a second. And she's like, there's no tomatoes in this store. And I just love those moments because they're just real. They're real. And I think that is so Mm -hmm. important because... You also, we're going to get to your Essence article that you were featured in. And so it's like, if you only see those moments and then I'm at the store and I don't know, they don't got notebooks and I really need a notebook today because I'm whatever. I would think that I'm on an island by myself and that only happens to me. And Mm -hmm. you are a great reminder that, nope, it happens to all of us. (laughs) Everyone. Right, right. We're going to get to Essence now. Let's let's hit it now. So you have... O's Kitchen, you're Chef Ola, and that's how you mm-hmm. made your name in Dallas. You're known, you're that girl, people book you, you stay with a check. Outside of this, you are now a professional organizer. Pantries, cabinets, garages, you name it, Ola gonna set you up. <laughs> and I think that you're kind of taking on a new identity in that way. Um, When Ola mm-hmm. got featured in Essence, it wasn't primarily because of her being a chef. It was because of you being an organizer. So how did right. that come to be? How did you be like, I can do this? Um, so the professional organizer thing happened during COVID. So I had my, so for the cookbook, we had to do shots. So full circle, love it. So the cookbook, I had to do my pantry. My pantry did not look how it was photo ready. Mm-hmm. So I had to like one, you know, reconfigure it. And then I was like, ooh, I kind of like this. And I was like, let's make my pen, my spice cabinet look good. So I started doing that. And then I just, next thing you know, the whole house was organized. My pots were organized, pans. Then I went to the room, decluttered. Like, it just became a lifestyle. And I just loved it. 
So, so then I was like, hmm, you know, my whole purpose on this earth is to serve other people, mm. whatever that might look like. That's what God says. So I said, okay, God, how can I serve other people with this new gift? Now, granted, we could go into if everything is demonetized, it's a whole nother conversation. But I was like, eh, I really want to serve people. It wasn't like, let's make some money. It was more so this like has saved me so much time. It's brought me so much peace. And I can like cook again and not feel like it's a chore because I know everything is mm-hmm. in my own kitchen. Um, I don't feel like it's a job. Like I feel like I'm back to cooking for leisure, for um, self-care. Like it's just, it's like a little luxury experience. So from there, I was like, let me do it for other people. So then I, you know, asked some friends. I was like, let me organize your pantry for free. So I've done it free, I think three times because I'm like, I have to build the name up. And then I'm like, oh, I'm actually good. Right. So I'm like, I'm actually really good at this. And once I realized I was good at this, I said, okay, this got to go out to the world. <laughs> so then I built me a little website um, and I put everything on there because I'm realizing that like Chef Ola is a, Ola Akintola is a common denominator. So I Boy. essentially am the brand. I like my, my bean is the brand. And then we just have the businesses, you know, that are connected to the brand. So once I realized that and I was like, okay, we, this could be a thing um that's kind of how it came together so I people will post about organizing I'll comment that people have reached out from like just random posts I don't publicize it too much intentionally but people still are reaching out which just shows me that once again it's another god anointed gift because mm. I don't have to do too much for it to get clients um so yeah oh got my spice cabinet together y'all I had all type of stuff <laughs> everywhere i could have never find what i needed and i have she i was like okay help me <laughs> send me something so i now i have my little tears i have my little bamboo top yeah. spice containers the labels and it just makes me feel better like when i'm cooking i'm on food mm-hmm. network period like i just feel like i'm bobby and that's how, yeah that's how it should feel so once i started you know that I think that's one thing I'm realizing too I just started doing it so it's been under a year but I'm realizing that like I really want people to feel good in their kitchen or their space Mm -hmm. like I want you to walk into your kitchen and be like I want to be here not like I have to be here and I think organizing people's pantries and their site it does something to them because you have to eat it's not like you have you know it's like we need to eat so you're going to be in your kitchen whether or not you're the one cooking, you hire a chef to cook, or you do meal prep, like your kitchen has to be that safe space along with your room, obviously, but your kitchen has to be um, like organized. Yeah. And then of course I'm a chef, so I'm coming into it with like a chef perspective as well. And then what tended, what happened was, I was like, okay, I'm only gonna do pantry, I'm only gonna do spice jars. But the people said, we need my garage done, we need my closet done. And I, I, I did do my closet, but I was like, mm, is this going to like throw people off that I'm a chef organizing closets? And I started second guessing it. But I said, no, Ola, because you're, you're here to serve people. So if people need to be served by organizing their closet. That's what you need to do. Mm. So I had to get out of my own box. I put myself in the box and I said, okay, let me do this garage and do this closet. And I killed it. So I said, okay, we're going to start claiming like the actual professional organizer. Yeah. And we do it all. Like I can do it all. So that's kind of how I had to, you know, this with this one, I had to kind of give myself more pep talks than I did with O's Kitchen because I'm like, I'm able to not just be a chef. Like, I'm able to be who I want to be, not what people call me. 
when we get to boxes and certain lines we can't cross or whatever, I have that same thing. When I first started thinking about the shows, okay, you like, Honestly, it wasn't when I first, first started. I guess it was when I first started. But as I started to talk about God more on the shows, okay, you kind of in this, like, Christian influencer space, but then you, like, write poetry sometime, but then you also are, like, talking about your voice and you powerful as a black woman. It's just like, what? where are we going right now? And I was right, trying to do the same right. thing. I'm like, okay, you need to pick a lane. Either we talking about God and that's what you're doing, or we talking about writing and that's what you're doing. You can't talk mm-hmm. about both for some reason. And I'm like, well, right. God's the reason you write. So why can't like why can't you talk about that? And so right, I definitely right. can relate to these invisible boxes or squares that we make. And you really have to change your mindset to get out. And I think part of what I heard you say your mindset was just talking about how you're there's you have to have an anchor and your anchor with all your business right. is that you're the net net. And I think that with mm-hmm. me, I had to ask God, I've considered taking poetry out of the show. And I was talking to you about this before. Consider taking poetry out the show. And Uh I talked to God about it. And one day I was like, what do you even like about this stupid podcast? Like, I just don't know why I'm doing this. And he was like, because, well, first, okay, he said the poetry. He was like, that's his favorite. I asked about the segments, right? So I'm like, what do I need to change? Mm -hmm. He was like, the poetry is my favorite part of the show. I was like, oh. So then later on, another day, I was feeling low. And I was like, why am I? and mm-hmm. he was like because you'll let me in it like that's that's why your cause like there's somebody who can talk about writing all day there's somebody who can talk about black women being powerful all right day. but you pray before every episode that's why you right. like pray over your newsletter subscribers or your whatever like that's why and so i just have to that's my anchor i have to remember that like okay I'm in it because I let God be in it with me. And that's my differentiator. Right. That's the point blank period. That's why I'm going to go far. That's why I've made it two years already because I was every step of the way. So I feel you on that. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think too, it's, it's like you're allowed to be who God called you to be. Um, and you're allowed to stand in that. I feel like sometimes we want to kind of, confirm to what society is saying you mm-hmm. should be so you know i had somebody who was like are you going to make a different instagram for the organizing or are you gonna if you want to be influencer because sometimes i pull off like, listen sometimes i pull off some fits okay i try to <laughs> so i have posted something and people were like oh are you going this route but i'm like no i'm not going any route i'm just me you know and i feel like we sometimes want to like categorize you know and be like are we in this but it's mm-hmm. like you're allowed to be whatever you want to be really like if you wanted this and that's what happened with chef ola nobody taught me culinary skills like professionally i just woke up one day and my mom jokes about it she's like when did you start becoming a chef i said as soon as god said it was okay for me to tell myself i was period literally one day i just put it in my little you know i changed my at name i got a little jacket made got some business cards and i said i'm I'm a chef i'm literally i cook the food i do all the things the chef will do i'm if i'm gonna do something i'm gonna step into it 100 percent so that's exactly what happened. Now my name has changed to Ola Contola because now we're stepping into Ola Contola 100%. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, I just feel like if you're going to do something, you you have the right to figure it out as you do it and you have the right to be who God has called you to be unapologetically. I love how you just said, now we're stepping into Ola Akintola 100%. Because I think if we didn't step into Chef Ola, then we wouldn't get to that point. Right, right, right. 
Come on. You better be Olekka Tolo 24 7 365 point blank period. Period. <laughs> We've talked about so much. And I think that you're doing so many different things. You've been inspiring me, especially as I'm trying to figure out this business world <laughs> and all the stuff that comes with that. The mental part mm-hmm. that really come with. I feel like you right. can read a right. book, you can watch a YouTube video on like the physical part of owning the business. Mm-hmm. But that mental thing is something a little bit different. So right. I right. want to publicly thank you for always being there for me, even with PMP. Aww. It's just like, because I'm like, Likewise, girl, like to help me. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. It's a journey, and I'm still figuring it out. I still have my days, but I love it. I love what I do, and I think that helps. For all the cool kids listening, what's one final thing? If you're starting off on something, whether it's a business, if it's just a side hustle, if it's them being, insert name here, 100%, what's that one final power tool that you would give all the listeners? I would say go for it. Whatever that it is, go for it and don't look back. Literally, that can apply um, to your career, that can apply if you're relocating. That can apply, like, it can apply to so many different things. But I think the first step is just to go for it. And then if you need to go back and edit it, if you need to, you know, if you need to figure it out, you can. But you at least you can say you tried and you went for it. I think there's beauty in, like, doing things scared. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be the power tool is just to go for it. Don't ask questions. Just do it. Like doing Mike things scared. Doing things scared. When you do something scary, I'm thinking about the times I've done something when I was shaking my boots. I think <laughs> part of the euphoria feeling I, I feel on the other side, low-key mm-hmm. don't even be about the thing that I did. It's the fact that mm-hmm. I did it while I was scared and I like survived on the other side. Literally, right. And that, I think you can't fake that you can't manufacture that feeling without doing it scared like you have to follow through exactly exactly and then the the beauty about when you do it scared is there's somebody else behind you that's about to do it too and because you did the scared you can now turn around and empower them and say hey look at me I didn't do it perfectly it wasn't cute but I did it and so can you and I think that's like one of the huge things about me getting emotional one of the huge like things about me quitting my job and saying sales kitchen is because I've been able to touch so many other people that have they're like trying to do a business or have a hobby or whatever it is like they're figuring out it's like I can say yo I did it Mm -hmm. I'm not it's not cute I've had some moments my bank account has been at zero sometimes but hey I'm surviving I'm alive my bills are paid I'm able to help other people so if I can do it, so can you. And it's something like about, I don't know, just something so beautiful about that. Because it's not like, you know, it's not I'm sugarcoating it. It's not like someone's telling, you know, paying me to help people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like someone's paying me to share my story. It's like literally I'm able to um, relate to other people in ways that I don't think I would have if I didn't say yes to Elf Kitchen. Here's the saying, yes. Ola, I love you, Ola. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, for real, it's just, it's just so great to see. I'm happy to be on the ride. And for (laughs) all of the cool kids listening, like for real, go for it. And I think I've said it once. I will say it again. This year is not 
over. You do not have to wait until January 1st to start doing whatever it is that you're thinking mm-hmm. about right now. Like you literally can go for it in some capacity now. If it's just living in your head and you writing it down, even in a notes app on your phone. Mm-hmm. If it is you wrote it down and you need to share it with somebody so they hold you accountable. Like whatever that next step is, there's still time. At the end of the year, I think we get in this like anxious moment or this like uh moment where we beat ourselves up because we should have did it 10 months ago. Like we start thinking, well, if I would have started off doing this in the beginning of the year, then by now I would be X. That does not matter. Like it really doesn't matter. If you're called for it, you're going to be graced through it as soon as you start walking, but you have to start walking. That's the whole thing. So I just wanted to leave y'all with that, but Ola, shout out to you for coming and kicking it with us cool kids. You'll be able to purchase Upscale Comfort, which is Ola's cookbook, via the link in the show notes. You can also follow her on all her social media platforms, and we'll have her website linked below as well. If you are local and in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, then you can book my girl services at all times, okay? So be sure that you click that link and hit her up if you have family there. She just does so many different great things. And even with Jacob's Harvest, if you know of anybody in the community who is doing different outreach programs and maybe they could partner with Ola, that would just be so amazing. I love being able to connect different people for their ventures. So if you know anybody that's in the area, I know I got a couple of Dallas listeners, be sure that you check out my girl's pages. In the meantime, I appreciate you guys. I love you always. I hope that this episode has been inspiring, encourages you to push beyond There's so much power that we hold. We just have to use it, y'all. So um, remember to profess your power and there's power in pros and we'll catch you next time.